new to him, it wasn't to be treated casually, either. A cut throat could be the reward of anyone careless enough, or unlucky enough. He began to whistle as he walked toward the opening, loudly. Custer's Gary Owen. He had heard it last fall from some passing soldiers. Whoever was waiting would be hiding now, so their surprise would be complete. As he eased next to the front wall of the general store, Lockhart drew the ivory-handled, short-barreled Smith & Wesson revolver from its shoulder holster under his tailored cutaway coat. Ten feet from the alley itself, he stopped walking, whistled a little longer, and ended it abruptly. He waited, not cocking the gun for fear its sound would alert his would-be attackers. He waited still holding the folded newspaper in his left hand. Ten seconds. Fifteen. Finally, curiosity led two shadows from the alley, wondering what had happened to their intended victim. The first man was thick-bellied. A derby hat squatted on a head too large for it. Long, stringy hair sprung from its small brim in all directions. In his fist was a long-barreled Colt forty-five. His too-small coat was slick in places with mud and muck and torn at both sleeves. Beside him came a thinner shadow, several inches shorter. In his hand glimmered a knife. Both looked down the street first, in the opposite direction of where Lockhart stood. Sweet Jesus, where'd yourself go, Big Mike? Dunno, boy. Look smart now. Fought for the take, any be. Cannot let himself just disappear like some wee ghost now, can we? He's right here, boys. Lockhart cocked his revolver and stepped away from the wall. Drop the weapons. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, the bugger's got himself a piece. The heavy-set Irishman spun toward Lockhart's declaration and froze with his gun aimed in the businessman's direction. From the deeper shadows came a third Irish voice. Sure, and Dublin's a fine green this time of year. Be returning the sentiment I am. Ye be dropping that fancy piece now. Tis your gold we be seeking, not your lead, me lordship. A third bandit. Lockhart cursed himself for not being more careful. The three hoodlums expected him to meekly comply. Their surprise complete, although not what they had originally planned. He counted on that satisfaction to make their initial responses slow. Slow enough. All right, don't shoot. Don't shoot. Lockhart lowered the gun, as if to drop it, then dove to the ground, throwing the newspaper toward the alley as he moved, and fired into its blackness. The unexpected move startled the hidden bandit, and his first shot split the night air above the prone Lockhart, catching the bottom edge of a newspaper sheet. The other sheets cascaded in the air as if trying to escape before fluttering to the ground again. Second and third shots from Lockhart's revolver quickly went where orange flame in the blackness had been an instant before. An ugly thud followed, and a cry of pain. Screaming an Irish curse, the heavyset Irishman fired at Lockhart, who had already rolled away toward the street. The second bandit's bullet snarled its own declaration past Lockhart's ear. His own pistol roared again into the night, twice more. 
Staggering backward, the gunman slammed into a water barrel shoved against the alley wall. His big gun wouldn't stay upright in his hand and drove its second bullet into the dirt. The robber's mouth sagged open and blood spread across yellowed teeth. He slumped to his knees and fell against the barrel. His eyes glazed and it was still. Lean-faced with high cheekbones and a nose that hinted at being broken once, Lockhart stood slowly, swiping at his pants and coat to remove the just-acquired dirt. Drop the knife. Now, he commanded. You, in the alley. Get out here. I've got one bullet left. One'll take your head off. Squatting in the middle of the alley, the third bandit held his stomach. Blood covered both his hands. A long-barreled, open-top Merwin and Halbert.